going to be speaking for the next two weeks on a little topic that is not so little, and it's called the journey. Life happens to be a journey. If you've been around for a week or two, at least last few days, you've realized that life has been a journey. And it is a journey, and it will continue to be. Now, on the thing that we call this journey of life, one of the things that I have come to realize is that we all want to be successful at it. We all want to end up at a destination somewhere, and that destination does not usually look like bankruptcy or, or broken down, fallen apart houses and empty banking. I mean, we all have a desire that when we look at our lives, we want to stop and say, I'm successful. Now, when we talk about that idea, we're not talking about, there's not too many of us who desire to be the biggest, the baddest, the meanest, the richest, the wealthiest, the prettiest. But what we do want, when we talk about the idea of being successful, almost all of us would desire to be able to put our feet up at night and go, ah, oh. you know what? I was able to pay, pay my bills today. Yeah, it's good. I have people who are around me who respect me. And you know what's even better? We, what we find to be successful is that when our kids, our spouse, actually want to hang around us, that's success. And all of us in our lives desire that little piece of being successful. But the journey or the destination of being successful doesn't just happen. And you guys know this because we've all kind of let lives, our lives run at certain times and we've ended up in directions where we don't really know where we're at. And so in order for us to get our lives on track, in order for us to be successful, sometimes we need to have a destination. I love what Andy Stanley said. Now, I didn't really go through... Um, my nods with Dave to say, hey, can you turn the slide? So I'll, if, if you see me pointing at him or something or pointing at the thing, you know what I'm doing. I'm giving Dave the cue back there. But I love this brilliant quote or this idea that Andy Stanley said. And, and, and it's so profound in its simplicity that it kind of is worth repeating. And Andy said this, if you want to know where you're going, look at the road you're on. Okay, I know, that seemed really simple, didn't it? But the profoundness of that simple statement helps us to begin to put into context the direction of our lives, the journey that we're on. If we want to end up somewhere, we need to be on the path that leads us somewhere. In all of our places, in all of those directions that we're aiming, we need to be able to have a spot or a fixed point, a north point, a compass direction that says, here's where we're going. And so in all of our areas, we find ourselves trying to find these points or these north points, and as I'm going to call them today, that says we are in a direction of where we want to go. Now, just for a few minutes, kind of bear with me as we kind of, kind of just tease this idea out a little bit because all of us have these spots in our lives where we need to find these north points. One of these areas that we find ourselves looking for a north point is our finances. I know, we did a whole series a couple weeks back or several 
several weeks back that began to deal with this idea of trying to pull our finances in order. But we, we, we find ourselves needing, because we, we get to these spots, or, or there's these times in our spots at a time in our life when we don't really think that much about our finances. It comes pretty easy. We have few responsibilities. There's a time when we're young, you end up, you, you, you go to the movies as often as you want. You buy the latest fashion without any thought. You update your phone every year. And then you sometimes just buy a car because it makes you look good. But when we find ourselves sort of in that mentality, there comes a day when all of a sudden there's a bit of an aha moment. Something's not working right about this destination. We find ourselves looking up one day and we, we look at our credit card bill and there's a whole bunch of stuff on there that we can't remember buying. Or even worse, we remember buying it, but we absolutely hate what we bought now. But at the time, it seemed like such a good idea. We come to these aha moments when we go in to get a loan for a house and the bank looks at us and says, uh-uh. You may make a bunch, but uh, you're not a good bet. We come to these moments when we find ourselves sometimes looking down at our bank statement and saying, there's nothing on there. And I'm tired of it. And we begin to look for that north point in our finances. We start doing things like listening to Dave Ramsey. Get that encouragement. That inspiration that we can do it. We can get out of debt. We can move forward. We, we start putting aside a little bit of our money into a savings account. We do crazy things like start thinking about retirement. And then we start putting a little bit of money in that account. We were just opening up. And even crazier, sometimes in order to find a north point in our finances, we begin to look at writing down a budget. Oh, crazy, I know. But there's more to our life than our finances. There's moments, there's these places where we start looking for north points, and some of these places are things such as our health. I don't know about you, but there, there comes a time in our lives when we realize we're not quite as young as we used to be. There was a time in my life when I would go to the all-you-could-eat food bar and I made sure I got my money's worth. When a cinnamon roll was on the basic food group pyramid, you know. There's, there was a time in all of our lives when, when we stopped and we didn't consider anything about our health. We'd go down and get that big gulp, that 64 fluid ounce soda pop. And we had to make sure that before we left the restaurant, we had to have that thing topped back up again because, hey, I might die of thirst if I don't. But then there, for many of us, there was a wake-up call. That uh, might have been in the doctor's office, and he started to put that little thing on your arm and he pumps that thing up and your blood pressure begins to hit a certain area. He begins to have a conversation with you about your cholesterol. There comes that point when we start losing breath trying to get 
from the kitchen table to our recliner and we begin to say, uh, this might be time to do something about my health. For too many of us, that wake-up call comes at harder times. When there's pains that we can't explain. The shortness of breath that we shouldn't have. And even worse, when we see loved ones starting to go through health crisis. And we begin to, in our lives, begin to try to find a north point or something to aim our direction towards. More importantly, we begin to look for north points in our relationships, our families. We all have them. We grew up in one. Some of them we're better than others. Some of us grew up in great homes. Some of you didn't grow up in such great homes. And for most of us, whether you grew up in a great home or not, most of us saw family as something to escape. Something of trying to get out and make it on my own. Get out from under all those rules. And we find ourselves at that spot and we begin to have those relationships and, and one day as we're out walking around, we kind of look across the table or we look across the room and we eyes, our eyes, they kind of meet across on that someone and our heart sort of does a little flutter. Our breath goes a little short. And we just know from this moment, my life is never going to be the same. And we, we end up creating a relationship and we tie the knot because we have a love that is so unshakable and so unconquerable. And life is good. And soon, a couple of children are on our doorsteps. And we begin to have these moments of saying yes. The problem is, is that we, we also come to a place where we begin to realize that our unconquerable, unshakable love is not quite as unconquerable or as unshakable as it should be. If you've ever had a brand new baby with dirty diapers, and late nights, oh man, I'm not sure where love is then. When we have those moments when those extreme personality differences that we just thought were cute, cute and quirky at the time begin to rub us raw. And little fractures begin to make their way into our unconquerable relationships. And we begin to look for a north point or a place to fix our relationships to. And we begin to stop and, and we begin to pick up books. How do I do this? Go to counseling. How are we going to make this relationship work? We begin to put our spouses on speed dial and try to use it. We make promises of change to help out more. And when it all falls apart, we make a promise. We're going to get it right the next time because we need a north point or something to aim our lives for that says that there is something great out there still. We all need something to hang on to. Look, direction is good for all of us. We all need to find these north points in our lives or these directions to aim for because if we don't aim at anything, we're guaranteed to hit it. 
So for the sake of today, we're gonna talk about a direction or a north point that is so large, that is so big, that it begins to affect all of the other north points or the other points in our lives that give us direction that in a sense begins to create shadows or influences into all of our life that is so great that for, for the sake of today, I wanna call it true north. There is a difference between geographical north and magnetic north. And if we don't understand that direction, sometimes we hit, find ourselves hitting, trying to hit true north and we find ourselves at magnetic north and we're off in the middle of the ocean somewhere. So today I wanna to talk about finding your true north. A direction that is so great that it begins to influence your money, a direction that is so great that it begins to change the way we see our health. A direction that is so true that it begins to even change the way we view our relationships. Look, in the back of all of our minds, even for those of us who aim for and are looking for that north point, there usually is that little niggle back there still. It kind of sits in the back of the mind and it just stops and it says, yeah, I got myself going in the right direction, but is this all there is? And I want to say, I don't think so. I think we've been shown a true north. I think we've been shown a spot or a thing that can begin, in a sense, to shadow our lives in such a way that it helps us begin to find direction for all of our lives, not just for compartments of our life. We all know those people who seem to have found it. You all have met someone who, as you looked at their life, there's something a little bit different about it. These are the sort of people that as they begin to talk about their finances, oh yeah, they're careful, but they're generous. These people who sit there and, and they try to work on their health, but when it doesn't work out, they're at peace. These people who love their, 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 their spouses, not just to keep a marriage together, but because they say things like, well, I've been shown such unconditional love, what more can I do? It's just what is expected of me. Something that points them in a direction that is a little bit beyond or a little bit more. In fact, there's some people who can stop, like the Apostle Paul, and he says this, and I love how he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. The Apostle Paul got to the end of his life, and he tells Timothy, he says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have remained faithful. In other words, as the Apostle Paul got towards the end of his life, he began to say to Timothy, Timothy, I'm satisfied. I'm happy. I knew what my life's purpose was. I worked on it as best as I could, and I've done all I could, and I'm satisfied. I've remained faithful. I've done it. I've done it to the best of my ability. Timothy, I may not have been perfect, but I'm satisfied. That's what it means to find a direction or a true north that stops and pushes us beyond where we're simply at now. Simply beyond trying to find a, 
a, a, a help to my finances, simply that says I, I need a little more than just my family, something that says a little more than just my health. I'm needing a true north. This true north, though, is not simply found in trying harder. You see, it's easy to get up here to say, yeah, we, we know people who found a true north. We know a person and we, we, we know people who are like Paul who sits back at the end of their life, who sits down at the end of their day and says, ah, I've done it well. I've worked hard, I've done my best. I may not have got it all right, but I did what I knew to do. I found my true north. You see, the reality is, is trying to find that spot is not about trying harder. Trying to find true north is not simply about saying, well, I don't know exactly where it's at, so I'm just going to remain satisfied in my compartmentalized life of just hitting and missing at certain things. I'll just, I'll just live with it. Finding true north is based in an event, not in a trying. We're going to stop today, and for just a few minutes, I'm going to look at the book of Hebrews. Now, the book of Hebrews was written to a group of Jewish Christians who were beginning to try to find a direction for their Christian life. They were really struggling because as they were trying to find this direction, they were caught between trying to go down two different roads. A road that says, hang on, you know this way over here, here's your past, here's what you do know, and here's something else that's been promised to you, a something better than. And they were caught because as they were trying to go down this way, they, they knew this one direction. And the Apostle Paul looks at them and says, guys, there is a direction that is better than, that will take you farther than, that will help you more than, that will give you peace in, that will provide a hope for, that the other can't give you. And so when we read through the book of Hebrews chapter through Hebrews chapter 1 through 11, he begins to talk about these things or this direction that is better than their old direction, their journey. Here is a journey for you that is better than your old journey. And here's why. And he begins to lay it out. And then he comes to Hebrews chapter 11. And for those of you who are Bible scholars, those of you who just love reading, Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. And it is one of the most amazing chapters that I absolutely love reading because it begins to, in a sense, to summarize the Old Testament or the Old Covenant that, that as God was going through the Old Testament there was, or these Old Covenants, he began to tell about all these amazing people who walked before us, who had a journey for their life. And then he gets to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 39 and 40, and he says, yet with all of the amazing achievements that these guys have done, they never achieved true north. And here's what he says. All of these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. None of them could find that destination. Here's why. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. And you're saying, well, that's kind of a bit confusing. How does this have to do with reaching our destination? Well, the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying, look, these, all these amazing people, and they were amazing, and you know about these people. 
could never find a true north or a true destination because God had a better plan for us that helps us understand what they were pointing towards. And so he goes to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And he says this. Because of this, that's what this therefore means, all right? You see a therefore because it's there for something. Because of these people that were in front of us. So he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by this huge group of crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. In other words, he says that true north came about because of an event more than anything else. He said, okay, I'm lost. How do I put an event as something to push my life towards? Well, he begins to explain it to us. He begins to say, the event that we begin to put our faith towards, he says, this guy Jesus, who is the beginner or the initiator, the one who starts our faith and the one who will finish our faith, he did something. Something that this all culminates towards, something that all the people who ran this race before us, something who were aiming their lives for something better before us couldn't quite grasp because they couldn't put their finger on it. And he says, hey, here it is. This guy, Jesus, who initiated our faith, he did something. He started off this journey with the cross. But wait, it doesn't, it doesn't end there. It's better than that. Because the cross is what starts it. But then he goes to book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In book 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 17 through 20, the apostle Paul helps pull this idea into a little single nutshell. And he says this, and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Let that sink in for just a second. If the cross is simply that event we're looking towards, the Apostle Paul says, yes, it's a great starting point, but that's not what it's about. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author of our faith, who endured the cross, but that beginning of our faith is not the cross, it's this event right here. You see, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I like what Paul says, if he just died and we're simply following a guy who walked around teaching amazing things and giving wise words, we're pretty pathetic. I'll just put it bluntly. If there was not a resurrection, then today as we sit here, we're pathetic. We're to be pitied. And the apostle Paul drives that home to us, but he says this, here's the good news. 
that event that causes us to push our direction towards, that event that begins to give us a true north, this event is the resurrection. And you say, I don't, I don't understand. Well, just bear with me for just a few more minutes. But he says, this moment, this resurrection, and he goes on to finish it with this idea, but in fact, Christ has been the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. And he begins to say there is a point that we push towards, something that shadows every other area of our, of our life, something that begins to influence the way we talk about our money, the way we talk about our health, the way we talk about our relationships. And it's the idea that a guy died and he came back to life. All right. Two, two directions we're going to go real quick. One, if this event is the cornerstone or the north point or the true north that we should aim our life at, uh, there might be someone here to say, I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing to start with. I'm not comfortable with him. I'm not, I'm, I'm questioning it. Now, I just want to say that's fine. I, I encourage you to keep questioning it. Check it out for yourself. Begin to answer the questions for yourself. Things such as, how do I explain all the witnesses to this event? And begin to check out those witnesses. And there are a lot, in fact, as we begin to understand Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that is what they are. They're any witness of an event that happened, of a life that we can't fully comprehend. You see, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not one book called the Bible, and we begin to see it that way because we have gathered these books and put them into one book. They're actually four separate books that stop and help us understand this guy, Jesus. We're told that after this event that there were over 500 people who also saw this event. There are moments, there are historical events we have to begin to put in context. I want to encourage you to go through and check it out for yourself. Ask yourself the basic reason. And I love how Andy says this. Andy Stanley says this. What would cause Jesus' brother to stop and one day rise up and say, my Lord and my Savior? So this morning, if you're sitting here saying, I'm not sure, I, I'm, not sure I'm going to buy into this true north thing of God, Jesus it that's fine that's all right I'm really predominantly speaking to those of us who've already call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ for us we've made a choice we've chosen to believe we've chosen to accept what he did for us so what do we do how does this event change everything it changes everything because the hope of the cross the hope of the resurrection begins to influence how I really act, how I really walk. If he really died and he rose again, what does that really mean in my life? How does that really work? Well, okay. 
it means we begin to change our attitude. It means we begin to change our direction. It means we begin to ask simple questions about what we do. Now, I'm going to real quickly stop and say this. We can talk about a direction, but talking about a direction, and we can even start facing in the right direction, and that's good, but actually facing in the right direction is still not enough. There used to be an old song that goes like this, these boots were made for walking. That's what we're gonna do. Okay, we probably better leave it at that part, okay. Um, yes, it's probably not applicable for church, but in a sense, we need to pick that song up and begin to practice that in our lives because our life, finding true north is more than simply finding a direction, it is beginning to move in a direction. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the writer goes on to say this. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, I'm actually kind of quoting it from the New King James Version. So if I get a little bit off of this, it's all right. But since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of people who have gone before us, we need to do something. This direction of looking into Jesus that changes the direction and the course of our life. He says, here's what you need to begin to do. And he, he just kind of throws out three things. Now, I'm going to throw these out real quick and we're going to move on. Because here's what he says. Let us strip off every weight that weighs us down or slows us down. Look, there's a lot of good and awesome things in life. And don't mistake it. There are a lot of good things. When it comes to your finances, when you stop and you get your finances under control, that is a good thing. But if your money begins to come to a point where it begins to take control, you've gotten weighted down. You've become slowed down by something else. Look, your health is an amazing thing that God has given to you, and it's important to look after it. But when you begin to love your life more than the one who gave you your life, you've gotten weighed down. There's something in your life slowing you down. Your relationships with your family are so important. And God gave them to you to help get you through life. But when we begin to make the relationships of our life so much more important than the person who gave us life, we're getting weighed down. We're getting slowed down by something. And so the, the writer of the book of Hebrews says this. Hey, you guys, be careful of those things which can slow you down. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They, they may be awesome. You may be able to get your finances under control. You may be able to have perfect health. But look, if there's something that is going to get your eyes off of that moment, be careful of it. Change your focus. And then he goes on to say this. And then he says, be careful of not only that, but how does he say it? But that which easily trips us up and, and the sin. Uh, I kind of, you know, we kind of cringe when we say that word around now because that's such a heavy word. But when we begin to talk about the idea of sin, it, it dealing with that idea that, he's, that he kind of finishes off, that sin which so easily entraps us or entangles us, that which hurts us, that leaves scars in our life. And the reality is, is we all find ourselves at places in our lives where we deal with ourselves, and we're so 
full of ourselves that we can't seem to skate this point too quick. We'd lie quick in order to get an extra dollar. We'd tear someone down, else down to make myself look better. We find ourselves in these spots, and he says, be careful. And I'm going to move along real quick because we're, we need to be done. But he says this. If you want to be moving in that direction, what does it look like? If you're looking at that event of the resurrection, what should it begin to do in your life? It should begin to cause you to begin to throw off those things and get your focus back on that moment, which begins to help me to see my finances in a different light. This is great, but this is not all there is. My health is good, and I'm glad God God gave it to me, but this is not all there is. My relationships are great, but you know what? There is a relationship that is greater than. And so he begins to push us farther. And he says, look, that journey is long. So go the distance. Go the distance. Do it with patience. Persevere. Push on. Go the distance. The journey of life is a journey. Go the distance. Learn to laugh. Learn to cry with those who need it. Push those up who are needing help. Go the distance. You see, because of that moment, it changes everything on the way we view, the way we talk, the way we see, and the way we understand our life. There is a journey. There is a true north. And we find it in the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That moment says it's not it. There's more to come. There is a purpose. There is a plan. There's more meaning to what we understand than simply going through and living our each day to its own. Let's bow our heads and pray real quickly. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just simply want to ask you a very personal question. If you're sitting here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, look, I want to encourage you. Go home and check it out for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Look at it. Find that place, that idea of what does the resurrection mean to me? But for those of us who already call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, what shadow does that event create in your life? Where does it lead you to? How does it cause you to act? What does it make you do? And so this morning, if you're already a follower of Jesus Christ, I just want to encourage you, would you put your eyes back at him Father thank you thank you that you did love us so much you gave your life for us and you didn't state it you didn't just give us a bunch of wise words you showed us life and you promised us life 